It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And this is the first intro that my guests and I have been uh, bopping away and dancing to because... I don't know. Is that the reason? Is that how we introduce you for the first time? It's Aaron yeah, I... Rodgers. No. Um, it's my brother, Daryl. What's going on? We have to come up with some sexy name for you, though. Hello, Steve. How's it going? Very nice to join you. I can't believe it's taken me, what, seven, Forever. six, seven years to get Se- here? Seven years to it's get probably on. probably your fault, if I'm going to blame anyone. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. Well, first off, we have to give people a task here. So we're going to give mm-hmm. them a challenge. First off, do they know that I'm not talking to myself? That's number one you you do do that I so do that yes would be right it's the only way for you to win an argument is to uh, talk to yourself I think that's true um, nice. so the, <laughs> the next one is is A do we sound the same and B can they guess who is older you or I yeah well also if they could guess who is uh, more handsome but then I think ma'am used to always say that I had the face for radio uh, so yeah. take of that what you will and she said I was a balaclava model but uh, there you go that is also correct yep Childhood stuff aside, and you see, this podcast could get weird because, again, mm-hmm. growing up together, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if we're going to bleed into some inside jokes, so people could be in for a bit of a feast um, on that kind of thing. But look, what a podcast to get you on first to talk about. Um, so, again, we're a Packers household. I've, I've the kids decked out in all the gear. Now, um, I try to sort of smuggle a T-shirt from Sam to Sam uh, to the mammy and all that kind of gear. So the two of us. Happy days um, about this Packers win. Was this game, even from the very beginning, bro, was this game something that you'd expect to pan out the way it did? No, not at all. I mean, I think I was worried a small bit because of rust. Uh, so maybe the teams, they just wouldn't play well. The fact that there are no spectators in, absolutely no fans. I think we can probably touch on later on whether that was good or bad for the Packers. I think you'd have yeah. to say it was probably good. Um and just with everything that's going on, you know, we always talk about preseason being, you know, absolutely useless and we don't need it. It doesn't tell us anything. And then we don't have one and then we need it because oh, it does. Time. We just realize it, it kind of does tell you something. Um, you know, I was, I was sort of concerned, you know, with Lafleur. He seems to be one of these coaches, I think, that is really good at getting us to play to our strengths, but not very good at strengthening our weaknesses. Hmm. Um, and maybe we can touch on that later. But I, mean, I thought the game was great. I thought the quality was fantastic. Um, there was a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers before the game, yeah. drilling down into him. And to be honest, I thought he was stellar. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. And again, there's so many talking points that came out after this game about that. So, you know, look, we all know the stories and the sort of tropes because, you know, he could fart in the off season, and then that fart becomes mm. like Aaron Rodgers' fart's headline, right? So he comes out and says he was looking at old practice tape. So in your face to anybody who was trying to go back to 2010 and look at game tape on him, this is all sort of behind closed doors thing, not unless... You know, you have a Belichickian spy uh, back in 2010 and still hold the tapes. Um, But he talks about looking at something and changing something. Now, what I did notice from him last night, and again, you know, people, there's umpteen podcasts out there and articles. But of course, we've seen that there's the whole tropes of, you know, it's the second year of him being in that offense. And then added to that, he, he look to me, bro, Daryl. I don't know what you felt about it, but he just looked relaxed to me. And when he yeah, looks relaxed and in the zone, exactly. Like, and like we've, we've sort of taken the pee before about, you know, when he looks happy, he's going to win the game. But he looked more than happy last night. And do you know what? There's just so much wisdom around my head about this game. And there's so many negatives out there. But to your point about um, A-Rod, so there's that thing out there that, you know, says that Gudekunst is some sort of genius, that he goes and brings in yeah, Jordan Love to Jordan set Love. the fire yeah. underneath Aaron yeah, yeah, Rodgers. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I think it worked. Can we get can we get quarterbacks every year? Can we get a replacement for them every year? Because, <laughs> you know, and to be honest, I think this this helps, right? It helps in all walks of life that if you're too happy in your position and you think you're safe, um, and it could have gone wrong, it could have gone horribly wrong. This yeah. if this if this was something that Goody did to light a fire on them, as you say, it could have gone horribly wrong. He could have really thrown his toys out of the pram and say, you know, I'm not, I don't care anymore. I'm not going to play the way I used to. And we're seeing an Aaron Rodgers of old. He didn't even break a sweat. No, and I'd you say see, he just took his jersey off. I wouldn't even say he sweat in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the women, the laundry ladies, like, no, no, we'll just throw yeah, it out the Oh my god, it's, you know, absolutely it's, fresh. It's like the smell test we all do in our jeans. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a, uh, hang it's, on, just to stop you there, to stop you there. Go on. The old man rule is: if it's dirty and folded, it's not dirty. <laughs> Those folds, Lenore should really yeah. market that. Uh, the, yeah, the folds clean it. Other brands are available. But the thing is about Gudekunz, now, whether he did it or didn't do it, I don't know. Now, there was this talk about when he came in that he was trying to clear out presences in the locker room and be done with mm-hmm. them if there were negative um, impact on the team. Um, so that's known. So I don't think... Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, you can't get rid of him. You wouldn't want to either. That's, that's silly talk. Mm-hmm. But he'd have to be some next-level genius to bring in Jordan Love just to set the fire underneath Aaron Rodgers. Because like you yeah. say, it's make or break. If you have a quarterback that rolls his eyes at Mike McCarthy, doesn't buy into the system anymore, um, yeah. and of course they part ways, and then you go and test him, um, well, then you've no control over how he reacts. Now, he's reacted really well, um, and he's... Do you know what I saw as well? And this... Hold on. Do you know what? I'm going to do it. Even though I'm trying to get Kay Adams on the podcast, uh, i got to bring this in. Sorry. <laughs> So, Good Morning Football is entertaining at times. All the uh, lads and ladies are at home now. Um, but Kyle Brandt had an absolute howler of a tweet. Did you yeah. see his tweet at all uh, last did, night? Yeah. I Jesus did. Christ. I was combing through a few of them. So, that drove me insane. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, has got to the upper echelon of sports reporting and entertainment and all. And fair play to him, right? He can be entertaining. He's obviously a smart guy. Everyone on the show has their their things about them, right? Now, some of the stuff they say is just for entertainment purposes and that drives me up the wall. But his tweet was, so let's have a look at the Packers' number one pick, Jordan Love. Zero receptions, zero blocks, zero kicks. I yeah. went through all the zeros and said there's zero reason for us to draft them. Now, look, I'm not saying, especially after that game with Aaron Rodgers, not that it was ever in doubt, but... You know, like, does he not know how football works that you draft for the future? I just don't yeah, understand. That's the thing. So session planning, right? I mean, how how soon can you plan for the future? I don't think you can do it too soon. I mean, what are we, what are we talking here? A Rod's probably got two seasons left. If he plays, keeps playing like this, he could probably do more. But I think before this game, people were saying he's got two years yeah, left. So exactly, he's there. If, to make if the he gels with love and he passes him off, if some of that stardust rubs off on love, I mean, is it ever too soon to draft a kid in who has amazing potential? The other argument is well quarterbacks can't teach they just know how to do uh, because that's the exceptional talent they are they don't know how they do it they just do it but you can just watch him being around him surely will rub off this will be beneficial for the team in the long run exactly I mean that's how Aaron Rodgers and Favre went and look they talk about Aaron Rodgers mechanics having to be rebuilt when he got drafted he sat behind Favre for three years like you could have said the same tweet about Aaron Rodgers as well now of course I don't have the back and forth now I know we've sort of waxed lyrical about that whole situation but let's yeah. let's crack on to the game 
Um, there was an awful lot of positives here, but there was an awful lot of throwbacks to the Mike McCarthy, yeah. Dom Capers tandem in the sense that, you know, there was that time, because I was only saying this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I miss where we used to drop 50 burgers on people and they'd roll out the backup to come in and finish <laughs> off the game. Now, we kind of saw some of that to, to keep Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating. They sent Tim Boyle out there to take the knee. But, like, I miss these times. And one of my tweets from the personal account um, last night was, is so this is what it feels like to be relaxed in the two-minute warning yeah. because it's always seated yeah. there are stuff. Whereas this yeah. is like the Packers of old. They've got an offensive juggernaut. Now, the defense did some nice stuff, but, of course, the injuries to Kenny Clark. Um, there was a couple of plays in a row. When it comes to that, and again, feel free to take this wherever you like, and I know I've kind of sort of shoved this down this road, uh, but feel free to sort of wax lyrical about whatever in the game that you enjoyed. Uh, but for the defense, of course, we have uh, Jair coming down with the safety, which yeah, apparently... he was brilliant. Oh, he unbelievable. Was brilliant. I mean, he, he, he basically generated 12 points. Yeah. Um, and, uh, amazing. I can't talk more about him. Obviously, when, when your quarterback is firing, all people nearly need to do is be in the right position and catch it. Um, and it's very basic. I mean, you look at Devontae Adams, he 14 passes. Ridiculous. Don so Hudson's record. 14. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, and I think, what was that, 1942? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was looking at it as well. I mean, the highest number, I think, is 20. And that was 2000, I think, when that was set. So I mean, these records are standing for so long. You know, in, a, in another five, ten minutes in that game, he could have he could have easily had 20. Um, I mean, he was he was far from perfect, but he was very, very sharp. And again, another thing about Devante is he looked assured. He looked like he had way more time and space than he actually did. One of the criticisms I was reading about, and I'm not, I have to rewatch again. I, I mean, I've watched the game twice now and I've looked at the highlights, but people, the one criticism they said is that, it, you know, Rogers took too long. Um, and he, he, you know, he never, he didn't get sacked as well, which was a massive record as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you can't say the same about the Vikings. I mean, they gave up 522 yards yesterday. The the, the concern I have, and I'm, I'm going to keep on talking. I thought Jenkins was fantastic. Adams was fantastic. Rogers was fantastic. Lazard was his usual. He he looked lively. Um, the the one criticism I do have is the scoreline. Uh, our offensive, our offense was absolutely firing. We were on the offensive all the time. 43 points is not to be sneezed at. Mm. But we still leaked 34 at the back end. Some of those, one of the touchdowns, I think their last touchdown in particular, was was very soft. Um, and I'd be concerned going forward. I think you gloss over in a win. You gloss over the mistakes. You gloss over the bad things. I'm worried about a leaky defense. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. Now, I'm concerned about the injuries too. I mean, Kenny Clark, the best nose tackle in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, out with a groin who we got with Patrick's out with a shoulder Taylor got done in the knee um, I, I suppose the other and the overarching concern and something that we had in pre-season you know, uh, you know we didn't have a pre-season but talking about a pre-season was the depth that we don't have and uh, you lose those three guys that's a worry I mean I'm worried about, but again this is nothing new but the positives I think way outweigh the negatives in this what I was most impressed about was just how happy and comfortable they all seemed because this is a weird time for everyone for the entire globe but it's really nice to see you know Rogers wasn't having a tantrum everyone looked happy some of the dancing was off the chain I'm just gonna say it Put it out there. Some of those dances were fantastic. Breaking news on the uh, Paddy cast right here. We can say off I the ain't chain. got that kind of rhythm. Carry on. I ain't got that rhythm. But uh, you know there's lots of positives to take out of it. Um, Morale is a big thing, especially. The, the only thing is, it remains to be seen. You have three injuries in game one. Mm. We're in week one here. 
Um, I mean, my, I, I think personally, I think we might see the full season here. So I'd just be concerned as the season goes on. I don't think we have the players to replace a lot of these guys if they start. We're going we're gonna to come up against bigger units. We're going to come up oh, against yeah. more defensive teams. And I'd be concerned about injuries. Yeah, I mean, they showed it last night just how young this Vikings team has got. Mike Zimmer, again... I don't know how many times in the in the broadcast and Greg Jennings, by the way, absolute third wheel. Anyway, um, so geez, <laughs> you can't just you can't just throw that in and carry but on. Anyway, um, he just seemed lost. He's just like, oh, well, yeah, well, you need to score loads of points to win. Okay, thanks, Greg. So then it's kind of like onwards and upwards. Um, yeah, and your that strategy worked out really no. It didn't. Yeah, so it's just like there's a lot to unpack in the game and also to what you've said. About the sort of swagger and confidence, I mean, Jesus, was that not there in, in droves? We have yeah. Aaron Jones putting on the glasses. And if anyone was wondering why people kept uh, tweeting that out with such vigor and zealousy, is because... Um, yep, zealousy is definitely not a word. You can't just make it. I'm up. making zealousy. All right, steady on, Check Shakespeare. It uh, so, word, okay. word of the podcast. So, um, is the Anthony Barr turned around and told Aaron Jones, oh yeah, the, the, this league's too bright for you, bro. These, these lights are too bright. And of course, that's why he had the ski glasses on at the sideline, because he was yeah. kind of like, yep, yeah, well, it's a I bit mean, bright. I need sunglasses on, bro. Um, yeah, it works for Bono. It's fine for him. Yeah, but he's got glaucoma in the arms of... Hold on, I think I have that drop somewhere. I'll add it in later. Um, so, yeah, nice. look, uh, the the morale was good. The trick plays were good. Alan Lazard, um, again, caught everything thrown his way. The thing is, this game is sort of, as you said, it's it's that sort of dichotomy, isn't it, where you your offense basically can't be stopped unless we stop ourselves. We got down into the red zone um, early in the yeah. game. You know, we end up getting snuffed out on that um, throw to Devontae Adams, which he drops, which is very uncharacteristic to him. He also had a bobble on the sideline, which, as we know, isn't like him, which tells me one of two things. This could A, have been a 50-burger, and also is that Devontae Adams' numbers could have even been more inflated, which is ridiculous. Now, I'm prepared to get deceased on a hill. I'm ready to go and uh, start digging that grave on this hill. And this is what I will say, and this is what I've been saying for a while. And it's going to not be come through in week two because that's not got carried away because it is only week one. And here it is. If you look at the amount of people that Aaron Rodgers targeted in this game. Yeah. Now, Devontae Adams went out with turf toe last season um, and his stats were still ridiculous. But in those games that he was absent, Aaron Rodgers had no choice but to spread the ball around. And he did. And it worked. And we looked like that we had people who were serviceable in there. Um, you know, Kumaro mm-hmm. since moved on, but we're left still with MVS. Now, I know MVS's problems are consistency. The fact that, you know, he catches a bomb touchdown and then all of a sudden he's bobbling an easy yep. one for the third down completion, which was important at the time. Now, as you say, at this stage, when we're looking back in hindsight, you're just like, well, 43 points, bro. Let's pop out the party poppers, you know. But it's just yeah. when you look at stuff like that, I understand people's frustration. However, catching passes... Last night, Devontae Adams, MVS, Alan Lazard, Jamal Williams, Josiah DeGuara uh, with one, two targets, but one catch. And again, that was for 12 yards, so very effective. Um, Aaron Jones doing his thing as usual. Uh, Tyler Irvin, um, very inventive stuff with him. And of course, they had that sideline shot to Jay Sternberger, which was kind of just a throwaway to nothing, to be honest, trying to get DPI. You know, the way I'd look at that as well, I'd put a lot of that, I mean, it depends, it remains to be seen, give it a few weeks, but I think a lot of that might be rust. Consistency has always been MVS's problem, but I mean, yeah. some of those, some of those, you know, fumbles and the drops, you know, he, he does it all the time, but I'm hoping some of it's rustiness. There's other bright lights though, I mean, you look at Jenkins, he's only 24. That's ridiculous. Eh? And he made a switch from left guard to right tackle, and or, sorry, for, he went from left guard to right tackle and then back to left guard, uh, and he made it look really simple. Yeah. 
like the, and he's 24 he was playing like yeah. a you know a player that was 10 years older than that in, in sort of the level of experience he had yeah which was good to see because you want the young guys to step up because at the end of the day we're going to rely on them more and more yeah but uh, it was very good but yeah as for bad things uh, MVS but again you're you're really you're really nitpicking here because uh, I think a lot of it's rustiness I feel I uh, feel the same yeah and like if you look at that offensive line for instance I mean we can't so we're talking about the injuries and you know Patrick goes down Lane Taylor which is devastating because that looks like it's a potential yeah. uh, ACL which means he's out for the year yeah, this is a guy like he's he had he said he had to rebuild his bicep for Christ's sake I mean this is a guy who was looking at it and it looked like you know where you see um, Popeye has that thing that comes sort of down and he drinks the spinach and it reverts to a normal bicep that's what I have on my mind when Lane Taylor talks about that injury because it basically wasted away to nothing he fights his way back he wins every one on one um, in preseason in camp um, he gets the starting job and then all of a sudden goes down week one. But as you alluded to earlier in the podcast, um, it's all great now and it's a fanfare now and it's all very, very positive that you can only beat what's in front of you and they did it very convincingly. Yeah. As you said, uh, leaky bum syndrome when it comes to the defence at the end of the game. Um, and that's concerning for a number of reasons. One is that... so. See, this is the thing, and this is why there's just so much for us to unpack here. What I like about it is, and someone tweeted it in, and it, it, there's never a truer word spoken, right? is that we got gouged again on our run defence. We were absolutely a shambles. Um, so that that's a massive problem. And like people keep alluding to, that hasn't been addressed and it showed its face again. And that's what will kill us when we come up against a good team, even though I'm going to drop in here, San Francisco lost last yeah. night, which is great. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, which was nice. It was a bit of poetic justice That's there, it, yeah. I mean, you know, we nearly drop a 50 burger and then they lose. So it's all all's good in the yeah. world. Have yourself a magnum and have a bit. cup of chat. Um, so the problem, the, the good thing was is that we had so much time of possession against the Vikings. They can't score on you if they don't have the ball. And that's one yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. I, that's the stat. I, I, I was reading the stat about that. I mean, the amount of ball we held. It was almost like that joke. You know, they were asking the ref to give them a ball because, you know, we, we had the other one. Um, <laughs> Can we play two? Well, that, so that leads me on then something I wanted to ask you. So we have a habit of winning week one. Yeah. I think we haven't lost week one. I think the last time we lost was in 2014 against Seattle. So we have a habit of winning this game. So that adds into it. They know that going in, yeah. even in this special year. But how much do you think having no voices, no fans sitting in the stands, do you think that made a difference? Definitely with the Vikes, right? Because how many times have, have we been frustrated and texting back and forth about like, you know, I could make a horn joke here, but like, you know, about yeah, giving you the horn. Nice. But um, it's just, a, you know, that silly Vikings horn and the fans, it's a very loud stadium to go to. Um, although, you know, we pasted over the Vikings 2-0 um, uh, last season, but it's a very, very difficult place to play. As everyone knows, the divisional games are always the worst, but the no fans thing definitely helps, obviously, away from home because... You could hear, and delightfully so, the swear words after each touchdown as well. Yeah. You know, some of them they yeah. could beep out, but your man must have been going off getting a cup of coffee when the Packers scored one because there was some definite expletives there, which um yeah. are be- going to become a vid. But um yeah, I just think, bro, it's going to be weird when they go back to Lambeau, though, and there's going to be nothing. It's going to be creepy. Just considering the, well, creepy is probably the wrong word, but if, if you think of how you know that stadium is sold out every single game mm. uh, and how much that is... It's a, it's a stat that still astounds me every time I think about it. Yeah. So it's going to be a very lonely place, uh, with everyone huddled around outside, you know. But uh, that it's going to be weird. It's going to be nice, but it'll be bittersweet. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's great that the games are back. Let's let's not knock it. We'll take them any way we can get them. Mm. Yeah. So you think we're going to play the full season still? I'm hope so. I think I maybe I'm being overly optimistic. You know, with the NBA being in the bubble, the bubble really helps yeah. because you keep everybody separate. Uh, it, it's unavoidable. I think that people are going to catch the virus in inside in the camps um 
you know, will there be an asterisk after this season? I think if it's shortened, I think it definitely will be. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. But I mean, you, you know, the the baseball's back. You know, the NBA's back. It's working well, but we don't have the joy of the Disneyland bubble. Yeah. Um, and I that's my biggest concern is that it felt like a theme park in Disneyland last night, though, bro. I have to say, <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was just like, yeah. Nice. But so this is the this is the thing that this is the hill I'm about to die on here, right? And I will. You've died on two hills this one yeah, podcast. I will. You can't die twice. Well. On, it's, is it the same hill or are we talking two Call me hills? feline, right? I'm going to die multiple Thank times you. in this. So if we're spreading the ball around so well and the amount of trickage going on um, yesterday was shocking. I mean, even like there's just the contributors here. So when it comes to rushing, Jamal Williams was on so frequently and doing a good job that the question was rightly asked. And I was thinking of it. Is Aaron Jones injured? You know, because... And, and then yeah. what, what happened was, and this was mentioned in uh, Leroy Butler had his podcast with Tom Silverstein and they were talking about it where he brings out AJ Dillon thunder ties himself thunder ties mm. and he runs he only has two carries for 14 yards which is a seven yard per, per carry average right albeit you know the fact that he brings him out he makes a thundering run and then you're sort of thinking oh well this is what he's going to do now he's going to pound this guy and then he doesn't he just brings you know and then Tyler Irvin we have some end arounds we yeah. have end arounds from um, Alan Lazard but again he doesn't overdo it and the fact that Aaron Rodgers is thrown to so many different people like when you start to break down the, the sort of categorization of plays I think it's all really clever stuff so like the first year you know we all called into question what type of team is this Green Bay team are they well coached? Are they just full of good players? Or did they squeak wins? Because, you know, perfect example, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs is injured. So then people are sort of like, oh, well, yeah. there's an asterisk beside that game because you're not playing him, which is fair enough. But again, you can only play what's in front of you. But, you know, I think the jury was always out and they said, look, LaFleur is a historic coach in Green Bay with the amount that he won, you know, up there with Lombardi's first couple of seasons and actually surpassed it, uh, dare we say. Um, at the beginning not saying he's Vince Lombardi let's just pause that yeah, there yeah. But, t- you know time will tell time, yeah but time well, will well, tell. you know what I mean like I mean I don't know people say we're being silly here because you know you have to go to the big show and you've got the three Pete uh, and all that kind of stuff we get it right but the thing is yeah. is that he is chasing last season um, you mentioned the morale going in and the morale is still high which is what I was looking for albeit we got beaten on defence which is where most of the morale sort of came from with the Smith brothers yeah. and everything else yeah. um, but when I look at this offence I do see clever play design and also I know we're getting carried away saying that it's good and there's bad parts we have to temper everything don't we by saying it's week one we've been encouraged by what we saw discouraged by the injuries but there's some really nice coaching in there for sure yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, you, you hit sort of two points there. I, on my good and on my bad list, I have I have Williams on my good list. I thought he looked silky smooth. He, yeah. His sidestep was something to behold. He looked like he was having fun out there. Yeah. But Lafleur is also on my good list because, as you say, I think you can start to see his fingerprints more and more Big now time, yeah. on the plays. Uh, and, and as you say, I'm actually really looking forward to it because I think it's very positive play. We're a bit leaky, but if you're running that hard uh, and you're really focused on your offense... We do have a leaky defense. We had that before he, you know, before he took over. So he obviously has to strengthen that. Yeah. But his DNA, you can see his fingerprints on all these plays, and they're clever, as you say, they're clever plays. They're not fly-by-night stuff. It's actually well thought out and really good execution. Yeah. And now there was obviously a few mistakes, but you're going to get that with rustiness anyway. But if some, if even half of these mistakes click. We're, we're going to run away as you say you get your 50 burger every time yeah 100% like and you can see the rustiness that you're talking about in the game management that was another negative that people talked about in this game I don't think it's a big deal because 
again, who cares? I mean, when, when I looked at it right and I was, you know, people like to moan about stuff and they were like, oh yeah, well, the amount of timeouts they call did it hurt us all that much? And you might go, well, if you look at it and you're like, oh God, game one. I mean, you know, when you look yeah. at defensive tackling, that's number one that you sort of chalk down to rustiness or whatever. Now, again, we, we got absolutely gouged on some runs. Like the Vikings, for the score that they had versus the time of possession, if you were to see that, that that's shocking. Um, and especially yeah, at the I end mean, of against, the game. against a better side, they will expose that and we won't be sitting here and we won't. No. I mean, okay, I've got my rose tinted glasses on. I'm, I'm a bit ha- glass half, half full on this one purely because it is week one. There's a lot of positives, but that is a big glaring negative, and we're going to get exposed very badly. Oh, 100%. And I mean, they're going to look at their garbage time. Now, so here's here's what you would hope for. So if we look at the possessions that we had and how they ended, you know, you've got the kneel down, you've got the fourth down uh, that they fumbled the ball, the rest of them, you know, field goals, touchdowns, everything looks great. We marched down the field seemingly with ease. And like you say about the, the fingerprints and the DNA part of it, you can see it because last season, how many times did we see stuff that didn't quite come off? Now, again, you can chalk that down to one lucky week, you know, where everything was clicking, we were firing on all cylinders, we didn't have to contend with the crowd. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers caused three penalties, um, you know, with the neutral zone infraction, so he was catching them off guard that way, which he always does, but he got more of those because probably they could hear him better. So there's that element to it as well. But if you look at it this way, I mean, if, if we can continue to pound the ball, which, and I know it's a very, very, very small sample size with AJ Dillon, but Jamal Williams was out grinding. I mean, it had only three uh, yard per carry average, which is, you know, quite low, but for the job that he was put out there to do, that's something else. Aaron Jones, still a revelation. Not not really long runs from these fellas. I mean, you know, 15 yards for Aaron Jones, 21 yards for Tyler Irvin, which again was kind of one of those clever design yeah, plays. Yeah, it's, it's quite low down. Yeah, I mean, they're quite low figures, but it just goes to show you this. They seem to, it was the pitch bigger because they <laughs> seem to have more space. Oh, big time, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rodgers, he took his time, he picked out who he needed to pick out, and it seemed like they had acres of space. Now, granted, we were running at young kids, basically, on the other side. The Vikings, they're, they're young. Yeah. But he just, he he's my shining light. I think if he's humming along nicely, we tend to do well. Uh, the nightmare scenario coming into this season was that, you know, Rodgers, you know, you could see people were talking about his terminal decline. He's 36, it's his 16th year in. Uh, are we seeing some malaise? I don't think so. You look at those stats in that game mm. and that's right up there. He's almost turned the clock back. Yeah, it's really hard to know what it is and I hate people discounting the fact of uh, Jordan Love's um, impact on it because, look, he, you bring in a new guy to replace it. Like, the, the go on is if he, he doesn't have normal emotions. I don't care what anyone says. If, I, yeah. if you're working at your yeah, he's job... He's not a robot. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. He's not a robot. Yeah, and <laughs> the, other, the other horse manure that I saw um, them bring in as well was, oh, he's not with Danica anymore so that's why he's playing well. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, again, I'm not so quick to discount stuff, but I think when you start talking about, oh, well, he doesn't have a girlfriend anymore, so you're like, okay, that's science. I mean, when you start uh, getting into that sort of tinkering and all that kind of stuff. But what I will say is, is like you said, I mean, it's a a young defense. Kendricks for the Vikings was an absolute annoyance on the night. Like, Jesus Christ, that guy, I hated him. Um, But as you said, we're playing a young Vikings defense. They're fairly naive. Kirk Cousins, I don't write off so much as a quarterback. I mean, you look at his stats. He did like 19 to 25. Yeah, he did okay. Yeah. He actually did okay. Again, it's just that he was getting, he was giving good quality ball. He just, you know, he was getting no purchase on it. Yeah. Him. Sacked multiple times. Um, yeah, so, and Rodgers didn't get touched at all, which was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so let's talk about the O-line then. I mean, surely you were shocked by the performance because that's one of the things, oh, the right side of the O-line, that's it, we're screwed. But Jesus Christ, we held up. Yeah. It was amazing to see uh, because this was one of the, 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 you know, reading all of the commentary beforehand, this mm. was going to be a massive hole in our squad and this is where people are going to pour through this gap and 
It just didn't happen. It didn't happen that way at all. Which is weird, right? Because, I mean, Gudekunst talked about, you know, not wanting to release stuff in the media about or their weaknesses and everything like that. Like it was some sort of like World War II espionage. Yeah. Second World of Podcasts. And so the fact that they didn't target it, or maybe they did, but they didn't get any purchase because, you know, we Jenkins over there or whatever. But the fact that Runyon comes in as a rookie as well, you know, this guy's meant to be gritty. Uh, some people had him down to being cut. The fact that he was called up and Rogers had no semblance really of pressure at all uh, no. was unbelievable. But again, what we will say is, is uh, from, from the O'Brien family, all right, we understand it's week one. We're going to come up against really, really tough defences yeah. and it's going to be some tough challenges there and it's not always going to well, go Well, now there's so video sweet. to look at. There's no tape to watch, yeah. right? Everyone else is going to be watching the tape now. We didn't have anything. There was, again, being no pre-season, you had these practice sessions, which again, it's all closed doors, sort of practice sessions. They're not releasing any plays, you know, so no one can get any information. Now you can pour over those tapes. And I mean, I'm not an expert, but, you know, our, our opposition will be pouring over those tapes. They have something to look yeah. at now. The only other thing I was going to say on that as well, sometimes, and I don't know, some sports people don't read the news, don't read any stories about themselves. They're not interested. Other teams use it as a motivation tool. And I, I don't know, I, I'd nearly hazard that you keep browbeating these guys. They're reading that and they're going, well, I'm going to show you. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you only have to look back at the, the 60s Packers. If you read Jerry Kramer's, um, which is all should do, that Jerry Kramer's instant replay, um, get into the football, get your football head on you. I mean, that was the motivation for them, yeah. right? Where, you know, when they kept calling them old and they're old men and he was on the radio circuit and the TV circuit and saying, like, we want to prove that we're not old men and then he eventually became an old man and retired. But, um, you know, and that's... Yeah, they tried to put it up them, but like you say, I mean, we've new guys on the O-line, Runyon's out there, albeit it's going to be a, a small sample size, but again, as you say, he's one of the guys that people don't have any tape on, um, you know, for, for what tape is worth on the O-line um, is another thing, but like, I mean, they, they, you know, these guys are going to become known and they're going to get exploited. It helped that the Neil Hunter wasn't out there um, as well, but again, just an absolute success story last night, the the O-line holding up so well. Um, other parts that I liked, um, Chris Barnes Jesus Christ a linebacker I mean the fact that like this is a guy who was literally just brought on a no name dude you know five solo and two tackles for a loss um, now a run defence was poo but I mean for him as yeah. a player to put in that type of performance is again another surprise like the O-line no one expected that no they didn't and it's one of those things as well there's all these little individual stories and individual yeah. subplots going on and you got a player like him who comes on he, he, he's obviously part of the team but he wants to prove himself as well uh, because you keep getting poo-pooed all the time and being told this is a weakness in your squad and you're going, well, no, I'm good. Yeah. I can do this. Yep. Uh, and it's nice to see these guys step up and that's what it needs. And actually, that's part, and I know I keep banging on about it, but what was really important is the morale point. Yeah. They're, they're quite a cohesive unit in so much as, obviously, you have cohesive units, but it's that sort of sense of they know what direction they're playing in. And I think Lafleur, and it's, again, I don't know how he's managed to do it yet, mm. but between all the coaches, they seem to be all playing off the same playbook already and at week one yes it's rusty we know that but it can only get better it surely can't get worse you know injuries aside uh, and that's that's the uh, it's gonna now <laughs> that's what's gonna happen now I mean the fact that we're that saying yeah now, that's just now that I've but said you know it. what you raise a good point like and I, I'm as we all know I'm the body language expert here at UK Packers right I mean we know this that's uh, that's your self-appointed body language expert as are all body language experts I mean they're all self-appointed so I'm gonna appoint myself right but I look I don't think that's anything to be sniffed at here and I know we're sort of getting off on a tangent me more so uh, about that but I think that's do you know what? That was the thing that shocked me most about Lafleur's first year. The fact that he comes in, he's a young lad, 
Uh, there's yeah. all this talk about him and Rogers, you know, having the potential for a fractured relationship with Rogers, respect him and all this type of stuff. Um, and he's able to come in and the elements that have been added on the defense and it all sort of comes together and we steamroll in with this good attitude. This win is super important because of that factor. It sort of brings in that momentum. And we talk about more so in the media about momentum in sports. And sometimes it's a load of balls, yeah. right? But and like that's why I remember talking to players before and I said, oh, what did you think about this momentum, blah, blah, blah. And they said, yeah, like that doesn't really carry season to season, but it does within, yeah. a, within a game more so, but sometimes game on game if you get something good going. Because like like all humans, they go to sleep, you know, wake up, have their food, do a bit of training. I mean, it's not some just continuous thing like what we see. But like, no, it's, it's a good way to kick off the season for sure. You can only play what's in front of you. Aaron Rodgers looks absolutely brand new. What I liked about him as well was, and I'm surprised to hear the, the criticism um, that you read about him holding on to the ball um, too long. Because what I certainly saw was, is him getting the ball out quickly. And when he did hold on to the ball too long, and there is footage out there there's there's one that was released on twitter a sort of more in-depth is david bakhtiari uh when he was referred to as the yeah. wall uh, which is just incredible uh jenkins was at it as well um but when you look at this uh he gets the ball out really quickly he's making quick decisions but that we had the packer slants for i don't know how long that's the success that he had uh with randall cobb when he was playing the slot and as well as that i have yeah. to give kudos to andy davies who said on the last podcast when we were talking about slot receivers that there's no better slot receiver in the game than Devontae Adams. And uh, look, we could talk all podcast company about Devontae and Rogers. Like. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's, and he's decisive and he's creative. And they're two of the big attributes you want from your quarterback. There was no indecision. If, if he was slightly slow, I just think he's, it just goes to show how he was composed. Yeah. If that's, maybe that's the way to look at it. The other criticism uh, I've seen, again, back to the morale point, is that, you know, during the, the training sessions and the practice sessions, they were basically saying, oh, it's all a show. They're all pretending to be good mates yeah, yeah. and good buddies. And you, you might, you might, there might be some truth in that. They're basically trying to say we're a happy camp, show them we're a happy camp. But you couldn't fake no. the, the morale that was there yesterday. They were having fun. Big time, yeah. There's definite questions over the defence. Um, but you can't argue with the offence going out and getting it done. But that's, again, that's what we said. That's make or break when you come up against a good team. Is that if your defence leaks that amount of points. Um, because, I mean, how many years were we used to the offence being the best form of defence and the fact that we just have to keep slinging it and we'd have these really ridiculous high-scoring games. Um, but again, like... And not to get carried away after week one, if we can tune up that defense a bit, because there was phases where it was incredible. Um, if we can tune that up, again, the run is definitely a concern for me. And I just, well, we came up against Dalvin Cook. So, you know, we've come up against a really good running back, 12 That's carries for, yeah. for 50 yards. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. It's not the end of the world. Um, but it did seem too easy at times. And especially when the plays broke down. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm very happy. I was very happy after the game. I was very happy during the game. But now that I've looked back at it a few times, you know, I'm probably, I'm, I'm as happy. I'm, I'm comfortable that we're where we should be now. You know, put it this way: if you asked me before, would you take this? I would absolutely take this because a lot of the doomsday and naysayer stuff didn't come true. Yeah. Um. What we're left with is, what is good is very good, and what is bad is we already knew it was bad. It didn't. Nothing has broken. If anything, we 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 definitely have to improve. But having Aaron Rodgers playing like that, yeah, it can only be positive. Good point, because that's the thing, right? And that's that's what we always say. Because there were so many times last season where you would come out and we'd squeak a win, like against the Lions. I mean, in both times where it was a field goal at the end of regulation, which is one of the you know rare times in NFL history that you actually win the game outside regulation but don't go into overtime, which is just bonkers. Um, 
But when you look at it, I mean, if someone was to say to you, look, we're going to win the game, we could almost hang 50 points on them, would you take it? You'd say, yeah, absolutely. We see we're going to get gouged on the run and it did seem too easy at times. Alexander got beaten a good few times by Thielen. But look, and again, I say this and then, you know, people sort of respond and be like, oh, geez, would you go away? But like Kirk Cousins, he's a very serviceable quarterback. He got a bunch of money for a reason. He can do some things. I'm not that down on him. Adam Thielen is an absolute elite wide receiver. And there's a couple of times last night that you heard the coverage team saying, um, look, Alexander got beaten, but again, that was an absolute dime of a throw. Now, if someone's to say to you as well, Daryl, right, we have, out of, out of the 60 minutes, 41, nearly 42 minutes of that is going to go the Packers' way in time of possession. Um, you know, we're going to have 31 first downs. We're going to rush for 158 yards. We're going to pass for 364. And Rogers going to look revitalised again. You take all of that stuff. And what they also told us, like you said, was the right side of the offensive line was an absolute deal breaker. We're going to get screwed. And we didn't. Um, and you know, and then we didn't have enough receivers. Now I know MVS is inconsistent, but for a first game, I again, I, oh, I'll take I, yeah, it. I'm happy I'll with take it. it any day of the yep. week. The, the only thing is, if you ask me that question again, if if you put fifty points on, my first response would be, how many did they put on us? And that's yeah, the only exactly. downside I see on this. Yeah. I have no problem with the offensive line. It's my problem is we're leaky at the back. Um, but onwards and upwards, I'll take it. I mean, I, I was thinking conservatively how many games, if we did manage to get a full season in, I was thinking we could win anything between 9 and 11. Yeah. I still stick with that now. I think that was quite good. We do need to tighten up, though. Uh, there's going to be nobody terrified um, looking at that defensive display. No. But again, we knew this beforehand. This is not new. Yeah. Um, and again, if we can keep up that high time of possession, if we can keep getting creative, because it's just, it is a bit wild to me the time of possession. Uh, the amount of rush yardage that we had, which was really decent, but also the amount of devastating uh, pass plays that we had uh, to Devontae as well. And I will say it again, I said this last year, is that I'm not down on the fact that the Packers uh, go to Devontae Adams as much as they do. He's a superstar wide receiver. If you can get a cast around him, uh, that can be serviceable. MVS, for as inconsistent as he is, comes away with 96 yards. You know, Alan Lazard, 63 um, so, I mean, that's nothing to be sniffed at. They're wide receiver three and four numbers. Well, not 96, I mean, a 100-yard game almost, let's let's face it. The only thing is, is I know what people are saying, is that if he's that inconsistent, well, then you can't depend on him to be your wide receiver three slash four. He's speed to burn, but if he can't catch them, it doesn't matter. And he's not going yeah, to make... I mean, that, that's a fair point. Yeah. And I think that is a fair criticism. And I think yeah, that stands up. But you look at Adams, you've got to keep him fit, though. 14 passes, 156 yards and two scores. Yep keep him fit yeah keep that turf tall monster you know, that's away. the problem is we just don't have the depth we just don't have it and that's my worry yeah which which we again all in, go, I mean, in fairness to him we, we discussed in the in the podcast beforehand we're not down on the players that we have we just don't have the depth to fill in if anything goes wrong and that will stand the reason now with the O-line and the D-line which is exactly the two positions that we don't need to have so. exactly and I think you know we could wax lyrical on this for another while but I'm actually really looking forward to game two now because it, what we need now is consistency game two game three yeah, you know you're not going to win them all, and we're definitely going to come up against tougher sides here. In fact, the next game is going to be pretty tough. But let's just wait and see. Let's get some consistency in, and I'm looking forward to. Yeah, like I say, uh, when it comes to this time of the season, sort of week one, uh, well then I'm all out, and I'm sort of thinking this is a fantastic thing to be. I'm not going to be too down on the team. It's early doors. You can read into good performances and bad performances too much. Uh, where I think we're sort of shooting straight down the line. But like you said, it will be interesting when we come up against the lines if we can keep that offensive um, style of performance. Yep. I think that's all we can say. I think that was it. I mean, I really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm, lo- I'm really optimistic. 
I wasn't so optimistic at the beginning because there was an awful lot of grey clouds out there but I was delighted with that game yeah well sunny side up that's how we're going any passing parting words to say about this game before we put it to bed no I think we've said everything uh, everything looks good it looks like they're ticking all the boxes if they're happy and they're and it's, they're obviously working hard because the playbook is purring so let's keep going so there we go that's me and that's probably you thought I was and talking to also me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well, thanks for having me uh, and please have me again don't give don't wait another seven years right so there we go this is we, we refer to this as the podcast before we got on it's yes. the paddy podcast so maybe there's some merit in that uh, leprechaun hats will be for sale in the Packers shop in absolutely no time but pleasure having you on uh, bro thank that's, you Steve uh, yeah. Daryl there um, so again that's all from me at Steve the NFL make sure you follow the groups at UK Packers on Instagram Facebook there's a private group that was absolutely zinging as well and of course we're going to have a giveaway for a Zadarius Smith signed mini helmet or a signed Preston Smith jersey in our next Raz so if you want to make sure you don't miss a spot on that make sure you sign up to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and of course the YouTube content is on its way back so that's youtube.com forward slash UK Packers but until the a preview show coming out Wednesday slash Thursday. It's a big go pack go and goodbye from us.